welcome to the Zen Founder Podcast. This is a place where we have conversations about mental health and entrepreneurship. We have a pretty broad conceptualization of what mental health means, sometimes depression, anxiety, sometimes relationships or physical health. The goal here is to bring some calm into the crazy roller coaster of ups and downs that is life for many entrepreneurs. I'm your host, I'm Dr. Sherry Walling. I'm a clinical psychologist and an entrepreneur, married to an entrepreneur, live in the world of entrepreneurs, and I'm so pleased that you have joined us for this conversation. I recently had a listener write in and ask me if I would talk a little bit about neurodivergence and how that affects the journey of an entrepreneur, which I think this is a fantastic topic. So uh, that's what we'll focus on in this week of the podcast. So a little caveat at the beginning, anytime we are talking about diagnostic labels, I get it feels a little quick, Sandy. It's a little sticky. <laughs> um, labels that are used within the medical establishment serve a purpose to have a shorthand description of a grouping of phenomenon that often hang together or are seen together. But they always do that to the detriment of individual differences. So in this conversation, I'm going to talk a little bit about people who are on the autism spectrum or people with ADHD. And I'm going to use these labels because that's the way that we talk about these brain patterns. But I will inevitably not be as nuanced and as specific to each individual human as I would ideally love to be. It's just sort of... um a shortcoming of the medium, a podcast, and a shortcoming of the way that we understand how brain or neurological phenomenon sort of cluster together. We get the general, we lose the specific, or we lose the individual. So again, if I say something and you're like, well, I have autism and this just like doesn't, that's not true of me. That doesn't drive for me. Yes, of course. And your own experience is definitely going to trump whatever you hear from this psychologist on this podcast. So one of the challenges of this topic is that it encompasses a lot of different things. You see me making this umbrella. So we're talking about neurodivergence. We're going back to your freshman year of college statistics class when you saw that beautiful bell curve. And if you remember the bell curve, the vast majority of people fall in the fat part, right? If I draw it... They fall right in the middle, but then there are these people out on the tails. And those events, those neurological expressions are less frequently occurring. And when something is less frequently occurring, scientists, psychologists, people like me, we're, we're tracking those less frequently occurring phenomena and trying to understand them. Like, why is this brain different than those brains? Why is this brain on this end of the spectrum of whatever it is we're looking at different than these brains? So this is what we're talking about when we're talking about neurodivergence. We're talking about people who have some kind of neurological function that is on, is on the tails, is in the less frequently occurring part of that normal curve. In our society, we often label difference as pathology, and we often are hyper aware of this person is not like all these other people, 
because of kind of the industrialization of education, right, our, our educational system is very one size fits all. So if you have a brain that's out here in this less frequently occurring pattern, it's not fitting with the way that the cubicle system of education would like the brain to progress, it's quickly labeled as like, oh, this isn't working. This, this brain doesn't belong here. This person doesn't belong here. Let's give it a label. Let's give it a diagnosis. So I just I say that because a lot of the entrepreneurs that I work with probably fall somewhere on some neurodivergence spectrum. And I think that is almost a hallmark of entrepreneurship. Again, not 100% of the time, but there's got to be something a little bit different about how someone sees, how someone solves problems, how someone approaches a technical issue or question that allows them to be entrepreneurs. There's a novelty in entrepreneurship. People are doing, seeing, making as has not been done before. And that's the thing that they're building. That's the solution that they're offering. And so that in and of itself draws people who have a, a neurological capacity, a brain pattern that allows them this like sort of secret advantage of like, I see in a way that these other people don't see. So neurodivergence is these phenomenon at the tails. And often we're talking about people who are given an autism spectrum label or an ADHD label. There's some other labels that are commonly um, classed together that would be uh, tic disorders and Tourette's dyslexia and other learning differences. Sometimes seizures are also in this sort of category. They often just hang together in ways that I'm not sure we fully understand neurologically why certain phenomena seem to hang together, but they do seem to hang together. So uh, particularly in entrepreneurs, there's a very high rate of ADHD. That is one of the things that is most consistently across different research studies, very different in entrepreneurs than in you know the general population. And I would say that increasingly we have an understanding that autism spectrum is very similar. Autism spectrum, if you don't know the term, um, I'm sure you do, but if you don't, is a tricky one to talk about because it is so vast. Lots and lots of things fall in autism spectrum, and that can often include differences in sensory capacity. People have um, heightened sense of hearing, of tactile input. There's something in how their body interacts with the environment that makes them hyper aware of some sensation. Often people with autism spectrum also are really attuned interiorly. They're less worried about social dynamics. They're less aware of social dynamics, certainly in the more severe aspects of autism spectrum. People are nonverbal. They're um, non-communicative, not necessarily affectionate. They're really isolated or walled off from interpersonal interactions. Autism spectrum also has some elements where people really do a deep dive. They have a capacity to really focus very specifically on something that they're interested in, having deep, deep expertise or attention for something for a long period of time that, again, sort of stands out on that normal curve as being deeper and more extensive than the general public or the general population. So how do these things show up in founder stories, in founder journeys? Uh, as I mentioned, they are quite common, autism spectrum and ADHD, particularly super, super common among entrepreneurs. As I explained, I think they're kind of a sorting variable. Those brain patterns give people the capacity to see things and do things that not everyone can do. So they become kind of a superpower. Let me tell you a little bit about what I mean. 
Um, also, I just want to another caveat is I'm speaking descriptively. I'm not speaking technically, uh, clinically in in this podcast. I'm using the language to describe things in the way that I see it. Uh, the language I'm using is not the language of the DSM or the ICD-10 or the language of actual diagnosis. So you cannot hear this podcast and diagnose yourself. Um, I'm not even using those words. But I'm using the words that I think have been helpful to me in describing and understanding these patterns as I've seen them in the real world. So when we think about ADHD, I think about someone who has the ability to sort of watch multiple TV shows at one time or listen to three podcasts and two channels of TV and also like play the piano all at the same time. So this is a brain that is moving very fast and is able to track and is interested in tracking kind of multiple thoughts all at once or is jumping quickly between those thoughts. There's a lot of evidence that our brains don't actually multitask very well, but I, so I don't want it to get confused in that way. But I think a brain that is showing up as a, an ADHD brain in the way that we understand it is just doing more varied tasks faster, hopping between things quickly. And I think this is a great skill for running a company. I mean, people are kind of simultaneously processing uh, what's our marketing copy? Who do I want to hire for that role? They're tracking and holding a variety of variables all at one time. So this is a great brain for a complicated multivariate analysis and being able to track and hold multiple sort of conversations at one time in one's brain. So I think it's great. The challenge for many people with this pattern is a couple. One, it can be hard to pick a through line and actually get it all the way through to complete. So especially for a solo founder, I think this pattern is really helpful because you're doing lots of different things, but it can be a little bit of a shadow. It has a shadow side of not being able to like pull it all the way through to done. Another... Um, challenge I think with this brain pattern is some things do require a stillness and a depth of processing, especially around large decisions, especially around human decisions um, that sometimes can be really hard. It can be hard to like buckle that brain down. Just think about this one thing, just like solve this problem. So that's a very, it's a practice that I think people who have ADHD have to like find the strategies that help them do that. Because the, the capacity to go broad sometimes comes at the capacity to go deep. One of the challenges with not really growing your ability to go deep can mean that there's a tendency to be a bit impulsive in some of those decision making. So you might do an interview and just decide, oh, this person's great. I hire them. I just want to do them. Like I, I'm deciding and maybe not see the other candidates or not really deeply review their resume, uh, just go on sort of gut instinct because that allows the brain then to like turn to another channel. So this is a, it's a sensation seeking brain, right? This is a brain that's like a sponge. This like, I want to do that and I want to do that. And then I'm going to go over here and I think about that. And again, it's amazing for running a company. Like my brain doesn't work like this. And I'm always like in awe of, folks who are tracking multiple channels at one time. But again, the offset is getting things complete and being like deep and steady with big decisions. Lots more to say about that, but that's just a little bit of an overview. Uh, the other, I think, main category of neurodivergence 
patterns in the tails of that normal curve that seems important to talk about is autism spectrum. So I come to this, um, if you have listened to this podcast for any duration of time, you know that I come to this both as a psychologist and as a parent. Um, we have a kiddo who carries this label, <laughs> got applied this particular sticker, and the label has been helpful to him. It's been helpful to us in the journey because, as I mentioned, this kind of kid, this kind of brain shows up at school, shows up in the workplace, and it's evident that that brain is functioning really differently than the other brains. And without a label, or let me say it this way, I think the the help of a label is it can create some compassion in those teachers, those school administrators, that community around that person or that kid to help them recognize, oh, hey, brain functioning differently. Got it. Can't assume the same level of social interaction or the same level of um, flexibility that I might in another neurotypical in the middle of the bell curve kind of brain. So as I mentioned, a couple of the different features about autism spectrum. Wow, this is a really interesting superpower for a lot of entrepreneurs. I think people who are on the spectrum have a wonderful... We'll talk about it as the positive and the negative, but they have a really interesting ability to see and experience in a way that other people don't. Some of this is that sensory capacity. Their, their default factory settings are turned up or turned down compared to those around them. And so they are likely to be able to feel in or to see or hear in a way that others aren't. And if they can translate that to this uh, unique way of solving a problem, a unique way of putting together seemingly disparate topics, it can be extraordinary to watch the kind of creative solutions that um, this kind of brain can produce. I think it's also in many ways a gift for a founder who is patterning on the spectrum because generally these tend to be folks who are not deeply beholden to the opinions of others. Because the interior world is so important, the exterior social world is less important and, and therefore can be less paralyzing. Generally speaking, not folks who care deeply about the opinions of others. They aren't worried about failure. They aren't worried about judgment. They are just seeing what they see and doing what they do and a bit free from some of the mental noise that holds a lot of us back or can at least muddy our progress. So I think it's a really important resource to understand and know um, that there is a freedom from feeling the weight of the judgment and messiness of the social world. Uh, founders who are uh, on the spectrum also tend to have an extraordinary capacity for focus. There's a little bit of an archetype of this is your technical founder or your coder who can like just 18 hours in, like all in completely focus on solving that problem or writing that code and really can be absolutely unaware of any physical needs for food or water or sleep because they're so in, they're so stimulated by the problem at hand and the like joy of applying their brain in that really deep way to a thing that matters very much to them. So you can see how that translates, I think, to, um, to shipping, to getting things done, to really an extraordinary capacity to focus without being as fatigued as another person might be. There come some challenges or shadow sides with some of those benefits. 
I have had this conversation so much with founders who have uh, created a business and done really well with it, maybe designed it just impeccably, solved a great problem. But the problem of scale, the problem of getting customers, the problem of hiring employees, we enter into the realm of human problems. And so that's where folks who've not spent much time or interest on human dynamics or social relationships are suddenly in the heart of that land and can find themselves confused by the motivations of others, confused why people don't see what they see, can be very difficult to hire and run a team as someone on the spectrum because the the human needs, wants, vulnerabilities, dynamics can be a, just not a thing that most people on the spectrum care greatly about. And then they have to care because they have to retain good people. The good news is that in my experience, this can be kind of learned as rote. Like you kind of need a, a like guidebook to the human condition. And many people on the spectrum can learn these skills through social skills training or just like a lot of reading about psychology. And they can begin to develop a theory of mind or a way of seeing the minds of the other humans. But it's not um, as intuitive or hasn't been sort of acquired over the course of the lifetime as maybe it would be in your like neurotypical folk. I think an, another challenge that can happen for people on the spectrum as it relates to humans is that because that neurological difference allows a really unique way of seeing, it can be challenging to help translate that way of seeing to other people. The same assumptions don't apply. And so the need to reflect on one's assumptions, understand what they are, and then figure out how to communicate them to the other person becomes a bit of a challenge in some cases. I think it's really important. I want to make clear that people on the autism spectrum are not uncaring. They are not uncompassionate. They are not not loving. <laughs> that was a very grammatically difficult way to describe that. But there is great tenderness in their hearts, just like, you know, just like everybody's. They love deeply. And sometimes that can get lost in translation. And so one of the things that I've seen work really well for founders who are on the spectrum is to just have a really good number two who's a people person and can help do a little bit of the translation from the heart or intent or vision of the founder to the troops to help them see what they see or at least do what they want them to do rather than to get sort of stuck in this gridlock of, of misunderstanding and trying really hard to translate. So as that company grows and you can bring in other support, hiring someone with a really high communication capacity, high capacity to kind of understand like a theory of mind, the needs and thoughts and feelings of other people can be super helpful. I, for one, really like this language of neurodivergence. It's, it's my opinion. You know, you don't have to agree. But this idea that, um, oh, yeah, that's just a brain that's working a little differently. Like it just feels so much less pathologizing than some of the ways that we've talked about this subject in the past. And generally speaking, having a brain that works really differently is an extraordinary gift. It's a superpower, but it does require some extra work and intention and help and training in some cases to offset the ways that that superpower can be problematic in the life of a company. 
if this is something that you are experiencing or you feel like it's impacting your team or how your team is functioning, give us a holler over at Team Zen Founder. We um, love having these conversations and helping to put some of the pieces of the puzzle together so that you and that your team and the people who are important in your life can all see each other as clearly as possible. So you know how to find us. I appreciate you listening. Thank you and be well. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in two weeks with a new episode of the podcast. In the meantime, feel free to check out zenfounder.com for lots of resources about the kinds of conversations that we have on the podcast. You can get information about working with me, about maybe joining a Zen tribe. It's sort of like a mental health boot camp for entrepreneurs. We also have lots of content on our blog, links to resources in our courses and books for sale. So check us out there and we hope to provide anything and everything that you might need to make the entrepreneurial life a little bit easier.